We watched Most Dangerous Game. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We watched Squid Game. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. We watched Predator. No. We watched Phantom of the Op. No. We watched Hunger Game. No. We we watched Lost. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we watched Deadly Game. So that means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen, if you thought you had seen it all. Who's a pimp now, Admiral? Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven and I'm joined as always by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well today. Good, good. And of course, we have Brian, the Unipiper kid. How are you doing, Brian? I'm ecstatic to be here. (laughs) Your excitement is palpable. Uh, So yes, we watched a uh, made-for-TV movie. Is that what we're guessing this was? Yes, it was. I can confirm that. I did, did find that out. Okay, yeah, from 1991 called Deadly Game. And uh, as you could tell from my introduction, it's um, based mostly on a short story from 1924 called The Most Dangerous Game, which then a ton of movies and TV shows and other stories uh, have come out of that. And um, this is our very own Oregon, Oregon version of this starring. There is a lot of interesting people involved in this. And I, I believe I found this because we're going through Russ Fast's entire IMDb credit. <laughs> and, uh, and he's dead. So whatever we say about him uh, will come back to haunt us. I can Directly. only emotionally destroy his family when they finally, <laughs> when they finally <laughs> discover this. But it was funny because I knew he was in it. And before I watched it the first time, I was like, okay, well, have a lookout for Russ Fast and then forgot to look out for him and because i still i'm not sure what he looks like i missed it and then i did the same thing on the second viewing so he is billed as second cop uh russ fast but we also have um who i was excited because i thought it was malcolm mcdowell but it is roddy (laughs) mcdowell Uh, and Mark Singer, who is in both V and Beastmaster, as well as a bunch of other things, is in this as well. Um, a guy called Michael Beck, who I believe is the main character, was also in Forest Warrior, which is crazy. Oh. And The Warriors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so most of these people, except for the main uh, the main female lead, um, most of these other people and the director have been just doing they're kind of like workmen they just do do stuff every year and it's competent and it's mildly entertaining and not terribly done so the director thomas j wright um has done a ton of tv including supernatural ncis firefly the wire smallville x files max headroom freaky links do you guys remember freaky links no vaguely yeah because i think it was only on for like one episode but i just always <laughs> remembered the ads for freaky links it was like one of the first like internet type horror type shows or something uh. like this um but he also produced and directed not just this movie but chrome soldiers yeah wow filmed it down in oregon city so and he was the second unit director for this is so crazy Staying Alive, Beverly Hills Cop, Final Destination, and Howard the Duck. Duck. Yes. So that's 
super super weird um yeah so that's kind of a that's kind of a who's who of who made this film so does anyone want to give a a summary of what this movie is what this movie is well i can read the back of the vhs box oh nice okay um because someone was kind enough to scan and upload an image thanks to vhscollector.com um okay so the official synopsis of deadly game says seven people have been summoned to a desolate island by a mysterious millionaire named osiris the guests include an unscrupulous ex-jock mark singer an inter uh in interrent shop teacher michael beck a meek physician ronnie mcdowell and a dance instructor jenny seagrove struggling to keep her studio to each osiris has promised a monetary grant with no conditions but each is guilty of an unpardonable crime they have all wronged osiris in the past once on the island the guests learn that they are the human prey in a life and death manhunt masterminded by the depraved and vengeful millionaire running for their lives the hunted find clues to osiris's true identity as they head towards a shocking final discovery dun 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 a shocking final discovery oh yeah yeah the, the, the twist do you remember the twist oh well maybe I guess I will again. I do remember when I watched it last night because I watched it a couple months ago and then we did something else for Christmas. And like, there's a couple things that happened at the end that like, it shocked me. And I'm like, well, clearly I must have seen this before because I did watch it and just completely forgot. And I think towards the end, I was starting to write down um, how adequate everything was like it's blandly engaging. There's not really anything wrong with it, but it does sort of, and I guess because it's that TV TV movie format, that's just sort of meant to slide off of your brain. Like it was made out of Teflon and your eggs are done. But I just thought of all the, all the pull quotes for the, for the poster were like, just good enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like there was, was a, broadcast uh, of people there was uh you know the vietnam scene and everything although uh clearly was taken in the oregon forest uh you know included a, a large variety of people lots of explosions and guns and uh, a large cast of people running across lines and and uh mayhem yeah that little war scene was pretty impressive yeah. for what is just this tv the whole movie. shack blowing up and the yeah there and so production value like i i felt like they they nailed it and and uh and so i grew up in something. in southern california in southern california as did you mark in a place called um i grew up in ontario and back when I was growing up, it was mostly farmland and grapes and stuff like that. Today, it's all paved over and all uh, suburbs and stuff like that. But there was a, a paintball course um, right next to my dad's business, which was a diesel repair shop in the in the country. And it was like back in the 80s and 90s, it was like pretty unusual to have a big paintball course. But they had, I mean, it was acres and acres and acres and acres. And they had like little different setups like there was a little lebanon and then there was like a vietnam and they had like a downed helicopter there and like it was and they did used to go shoot movies there sometimes so like part of rambo 3 was filmed there and <laughs> so that's what i was thinking of when i when i saw a lot of this except it wasn't it wasn't sat kong village which was that place it was the oregon wilderness somewhere 
Well, funny enough, you you bring up paintball because I learned today that uh, the guy who invented paintball was inspired in part by the most dangerous game short story. What? No. <laughs> That's uh well that okay that is what Wikipedia says. <laughs> The internet never lies, so that's that's that gotta be a fact. Is, I mean, I guess it does it does make sense that's like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to if shoot we could people. actually <laughs> shoot each other but like not die about it? You know. <laughs> did did you guys play BB gun tag when you guys were little? No. I was never allowed to have a BB I didn't, gun. But, I didn't have uh, siblings. I got into paintball. Oh, okay. Oh, that's funny. I got shot in the eye once when we were playing BB guns. Of course he did. So that was par for the course for that. You'll put your um, eye out. I almost put my eye out. Yes. So, well, let's talk about some of the Oregon, um, since we're in the countryside, what were some of the places that we recognized? We we saw a airplane take off on the Willamette River underneath, yeah, the, the, yeah. Mark, underneath the Markham Bridge. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. I've, that was really I've, cool, too. I've never we're, seen that before. There was... A couple waterfalls in it. Was one of them Silver Fall? Which ones were those? I I don't think there were Silver Falls. It was um, up by uh, Rooster Rock. Um, uh, I looked it up, and I uh, there was oh, okay. a website that referenced the falls specifically. Let me. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll pull it up. Yeah, I never know how to say that one. Uh, Laterell. Yeah, Laterell La- falls. falls. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a, fir- a first time for that falls. Then. <laughs> yeah. It makes its exciting, exciting debut on Portland at the movies. Yeah, and I, I felt like they, you know, they leveraged the heck out of that little region. Uh, you know, almost, you know, ninety percent of the movie was filmed outdoors, next to the river. You know, which was a creek uh, running through that little zone. Actually, a, a pretty solid river because it had a boat on it and everything. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Well, I was just thinking how miserable this must have been to film because they're wet all the time, and it's always—I mean, even in the summer, it's cold in the forest. And so it, it felt like everything was on the side of a cliff, like side of a really steep bank as well. And so I, I yeah. can imagine being a PA and running up and down that hill to <laughs> give me coffee to make <laughs> deadly game. Um, so the movie, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Oh, I, I was going to say um, most of the movie takes place uh, on the island uh, where the folks are running for their lives. Um, but does anyone know what that island was or, or where they landed at? Because that was a really neat uh, house. Yeah, the house I, I can only imagine is a house somewhere in the gorge. Uh, you know, the, the notes that I saw said that everything was filmed in Multnomah County. And, oh, okay. uh, and so they, in the plot... Uh, the dancer and uh, at least one other person leave Portland to go up to the millionaire's house in Seattle. And you see them uh, disembark the plane and go over to a a really nice palatial estate. And so I imagine that that's somewhere in, you know, banks or or somewhere near the gorge in Portland. Yeah. I wondered if it was in, if it was in the Olympic Peninsula office of Seattle, because there was one in Seattle, but I, it seems like it would be more filled with trees if it yeah if it was yeah there. it was just an establishing shot i, I think that that it was, was like the island luke skywalker lives on <laughs> um so, yes they did have an establishing shot of the city of seattle which i'm sure was like stock footage yeah and then they cut to like on the ground it's supposed to be in seattle but after the establishing shot it's clearly portland because you can yeah. see like the hawthorne bridge in the background <laughs> Yeah, that's when they they boarded their seaplane and took off towards Omsi. 
<laughs> on their way to pick up Tanya Harding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as as uh, we mentioned, this movie starts with this lady named Judy, I think her name is, and she's giving like children's ballet lessons and she gets a call and sa- that tells Lucy. her that grant that you applied for, you finally got, just get on this weird seaplane and take off to my island. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So she does with two other, two other people and they get to this beautiful house and they're all trying to figure out, you know, are we all here for business? What's going on? And then I kind of, I must have been paying attention to something else because I didn't catch a lot of how they, how it was explained to the people that they were playing a game. I just remember the guy that was talking, which was a member of the Yakuza, I think, like all of a sudden halfway through the speech, like just went, and then I'll kill you one at a time. And it was like the most cartoonishly evil line reading ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you kind of nailed it. Like there, the the explanation was, you're part of a game, <laughs> like, and and just laid that out, or or you know they they yeah. said with that, and then you mean this is all a game. And uh, I will kill and you. And then they all. shoot the guy that looks like he was a James Bond villain. The guy, the like the big guy with the tiny hat that yeah. he always threw in James Bond. I feel like they just offed him and then everyone freaked out and ran out. So yeah, like, who I guess was, was that guy? guy? We'll never know. I mean, it was, <laughs> I didn't even know like which side he was on. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I got confused. But then I think the point was. I think he was, he, he came with the Asian guy. Uh, okay. I, I think he was the bodyguard of the Asian guy. Okay, oh. I got questions about that Asian guy coming up yeah. when we get yeah, to we'll something get there. or other down yeah. the line. But yeah, so they they kill they kill they say you're in a game now, and you'll if you go out, there'll be bags of money with like a million dollars each or whatever, however it was. And you guys, if you now was did they just have to evade being killed or was there like a finish line to get to? That wasn't very clear to me. Like what, how would they win? Yeah. Uh, they just said, get to the other side of the island. Okay. Well, that's pretty, whatever that's that means. Generic. Yeah. Um, so they each get like one of them gets a gun. Another one gets the bullets for the gun. A person gets a machete. They give another guy some rope. Clearly, they were playing Clue. <laughs> I thought, too, that guy's that rope stick. came all. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Mustard is suddenly there for some reason. Um, but we are, when we when they first walk into this complex before they figure out a game, they walk through this guy doing, like, what they call Yakuza training. Was he a guy that came back, or is this whole thing under the pretense that it's a place where... Do you guys remember that? It was right when they got was it, off the was plane. Was it the, the, the shirtless guy with all the tattoos? Yeah. And they're like, how how could someone do that to themselves? And he just like had some tattoos and was doing some doing some mild yoga stretching or something. Yeah. I, I don't know okay. if, if that was just supposed to be what they do on this island and it was just going on. Yeah. So as they get chased away... Um, they all they all run into the forest and they kind of collect themselves and and kind of try to figure out what's going on and they make the decision to instead of everyone going off by themselves they make a decision to all stay together safety in numbers and stuff like that so i'm curious 
for you guys, if you are dropped in this situation, would you choose to go with the group safety in numbers or would you strike out on your own? Um, I would definitely take the group and then every 15 minutes, I would just sit down and have a conversation for about an hour uh, about everything that just happened and then all of our theories about everything and when somebody new like somebody <laughs> wanders off and comes back i will greet them with a huge hug even though they're a stranger uh, that i've never met before and then just randomly kiss him uh and then declare my love for him like uh there were there were so many problems i had with <laughs> the process they took. And so I, I don't feel like group Look, or not Mark, group. We all, ex we all experience trauma in different ways. <laughs> I don't, how dare you, I don't trauma feel shame. Group or not group was the question. It was like every decision <laughs> that they made was a bad decision. Uh, and, and instead of show, don't tell the audience, they definitely, they told a lot in this story. Yeah. There, there was a lot of, let's... Well, there's a lot of characters in it. There's a like, lot of what, six, seven people like in the seven group? Seven people on the island. Yeah, the seven in the group. Yeah, and then there's a group of people chasing, and there's like the main guy, and then his little lackeys Henchmen or whatever, and... which I thought was unfair. <laughs> like, if you're going to hunt the guy, and hunt dogs. the guy. Like, you don't get your... yeah. And dogs. Oh, that's right, the dog, too. I mean, at that point, it was, what, four on seven, and the four had guns, dogs, knives. Booby traps. Bows and arrows. Yeah, booby traps. <laughs> Cameras. Well, I guess, you need, I guess you needed more than one person, because uh, as they're all running away through the forest, they start to stumble on these little scenes oh, that are set up. Are and, and for each scene is... Like they, they, the first, the first one that they see, they're running, and all of a sudden, there's a wrecked car, just a in the middle of the bloody pom pom, and, and oh, and a bloody pom pom, and some other things set around, and each of these things are specific to one of the people in the group that's running away. So we start Lost style, getting getting flashbacks of life before the island, and the first one we get is this car crash. Um, that Beastmaster is involved with. Now, is he, is Beast, the Mark Singer, is he, he who plays just a totally unrepentant, awful person in this, which is kind of fun because he's also very cartoonish. Did he arrive on the island with someone? Uh, yes, he does appear to also have like a little sidekick buddy with him. And I couldn't figure out what that was because when they first, I missed when they first stumbled on the car crash and I just got to the part where Beastmaster was mad that the other guy was acknowledging that this was part of their past or something, but I couldn't figure yes. out how I, they I, were connected. Wasn't it those two guys? That were, were in the car originally. Yeah, it oh, was okay. those two guys. So the original story was there's these two douchebag dudes and high school students high school, question mark school, who are conservatively 55 30s. years old <laughs> uh and and there's a girlfriend and they're out drinking and uh and so there's three guys and one girl and and there's one guy who's being picked mm. on F frankie was that frankie that was being picked on 
Frank, Frankie or Charlie? Was there, and I, Whatever. I knew there, uh, anyway. Yeah. So there's the good guy who's being picked on. There's the girlfriend who is just, I'm Frankie. Oh my God, I'm Frankie. And she's just delirious. And then hysterical. there's these two, yeah, hysterical, not delirious. Uh, and, and the two douchebags who are like, let's fight. Boys will be boys. boys will, yeah. And, and, steal the car. And so they, they take his, the good guy's car and they nearly run him over and then they come back and they pick him up and he's in the back and they're driving like crazy and they get in a crash and the girl dies. The good guy gets passed out. He's knocked out and the two douchebags are conscious. And so they stage this as the good guy was the driver and those two are the innocents that uh that uh are just the victims we're just yeah and, and so they pour beer all over to the the good guy who's passed out and they drag him into the front seat then russ fast and his partner come because they're cops to investigate oh and, right and they come up and they go um jake was that his name a uh, beastmaster is played a, he, like he's played someone named jake or whatever so the cops come up and they're like so what's it gonna be and beastmaster's like well what do you mean and the cop is like what college are you gonna pick you're you're everyone's favorite high school football star or whatever and so it's a comment on like how everybody loves the quarterback or whatever and so yeah they they get they get away with it and the passed out guy the good guy spends like a year in jail or something like that because he gets arrested for it yeah so he's arrested for drunken manslaughter and uh goes to jail and you know and they they kept their mouth shut and didn't stick up for him and and sent him on his way and so now yeah now they're getting their revenge so now that's yeah so they tell that story to all the other people running away and then everybody gets mad at beastmaster being like you're a terrible person which he is um and you must be the reason why we're all here and and so then they then run we away. immediately find out that osiris is the guy who was put in jail for a year and set up so how did they figure that out or do or did they just assume it must be we uh, i don't think they really get it the audience us were shown that specifically because okay he, he goes to well it i i thought you'd be first or i didn't think whatever and and he yeah. like rev- he does the villain speech before he kills you of and here was my plan all along right and, uh, perfect uh, time for a monologue now that you guys are all resting and not running away seriously <laughs> Uh, so yeah, then they run away a little bit more and start climbing up the side of a hill, like on a vine rope or whatever. And that's when the dogs get unleashed. And so the guy, the guy who was, so Beastmaster was the high school quarterback and Finn. So he was kind of the leader that was kind of making the other bad guy go along with it. Um, so there was the two people that kind of did that. And I think Charlie was was the name of the sidekick of uh, Beastmaster's sidekick or whatever. And so Charlie gets attacked by this dog um, and gets pulled down the cliff. And that's when I wrote down, I guess his name was Charlie because when that happened, everybody started saying, Charlie. (laughs) Uh, And then we get, um, 
then we get they we get a flashback of peterson who is the main character of this um who everybody just calls peterson nobody ever asks what his first name is and they'd all call him peterson the whole time uh and his flashback is um goes back to vietnam so brian do you want to talk about that flashback yeah um basically we learned that uh in vietnam um peterson was the like squad leader of a platoon or something um and it was his decision that uh ended up getting the squad in trouble um and uh osiris was a member of the platoon um and he ended up getting uh caught in an explosion right and yeah so i don't i don't think we know it's as uh, on this one i don't think they tip the hand on the next couple flashbacks they don't really tip the hand that it's the same osiris guy and so like yeah peterson is is leading a platoon and they find a little village or whatever and him and a couple guys peterson and a couple guys go into one of the huts and are like they're looking around and there's this little wooden box that's kind of propped open that has a bunch of weed in it and one of the platoon members is like oh man let's take it man that's enough for whatever and peterson is like no no we can't touch anything blah 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 so Peterson and this other guy, there's three of them inside, they head for the door. And then the other guy kind of turns back and is going to grab the weed, but it turns out the box is booby trapped. And so that makes everything blow up. And so there's the guy who opened it up that's like now trapped under all this flaming wreckage or whatever. And Peterson, like, and then like all of the people come out of the bushes because it's an ambush and they're, you know, that's when that big, huge, cool war firefights going on with the explosions and all that. So it's just chaos. And Peterson is trying to get back to the guy that's trapped and on fire because that guy's still screaming and is eventually tries to get back and it gets, he gets shot, Peterson gets shot and has to get dragged away by someone else. And so the guy who is on fire just starts like being, like and then everybody blames peterson for this and it's like it this none of this was his fault like he didn't open the box he didn't he didn't start this war man and he like, told none him of his specifically like don't open that box it's probably booby trapped yeah <laughs> and <out>. then <laughs> crawls back to try to save him and gets shot in the process so, like he does a lot to try to save this guy but eventually has to like fall back and his platoon has to fall back or whatever so we we at this point assume that the guy who was on fire just died uh, in all of that because Peterson had to go back, um, had to be pulled away. But like, I don't, it, it was such a weird setup because none of those decisions were really Peterson's fault or like the, the circumstances that unfolded had nothing to do with like his plan or his refusal to do right. something or anything, which I, I, I know you can't make you all of your main characters like human garbage, like Beastmaster guys. So like, I get why they had to still make him look like a hero, but, but it was just such a, it was a very strange decision. Look at my face. You did this to me. <laughs> you gave me this face. So, at, yeah, I'm trying to figure out then the chronology of when they, because then later when the, doctor there's like a doctor who i think is roddy mcdowell who is not yes. malcolm mcdowell <laughs> uh 
Um, his flashback is also somewhere in Southeast Asia and he's some doctor and this crazy burn victim uh, comes and like forces the doctor to try to fix him by plastic surgery. And we get that scene that is literally a shot for shot remake of the scene in Tim Burton's Batman where we see the guy wrapped in bandages and the doctor's trying to say I, everything I can, I tried to do everything I can and unwraps him and we see him, we don't see his face right away, but he picks up a mirror and he looks at himself in the mirror and then smashes. I mean, it is exactly like Tim Burton's Batman. I also thought of that episode of the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah. What is it called? Uh, I can't remember, but beautiful people plastic or... surgery yeah oh. oh is that the one where everyone's a pig except yes. for the plastic yeah. surgery lady and they weren't able to fix the person who just looked like a normal human she was a monster right. she's um, all devastated she had no pig snout <laughs> so. um anyway i don't remember what we we're talking about so that that flashback in i am the beholder sorry <laughs> I oh, okay know. yeah um so we cut back to them running away after the first Vietnam flashback and um, Peterson cuts his hand open with with something and gets it all bloody so that he can wrap or he wraps a cloth around it and then throws the cloth somewhere else to to trick the, the dogs that are on their trail. And as I was as I looked down to write cuts hand to trick dog. I look up and the dogs are being electrocuted. Best like a lot. movie. <laughs> I guess we've become soft because you don't really see animals die. Like even bad dogs, you don't see die. Yeah. And so that was really it shocking. It really upsets people. <laughs> they, they it pulled a uh, Jaws 2 on it. Um, <laughs> Because it, it was pretty clever because, you know, when he was cutting his hand, I thought it was just going to be the typical, I'll just throw this in the bushes or throw it off the cliff and they'll yeah. go the other way. But, you know, he draped it over a live uh, electric wire so that the dog, when he grabbed the, the bloody handkerchief, would bite the uh, live wire. And they went back to the shot, like the dog gets electrocuted, then they cut back to Peterson, and then they cut back to the dog just so we can all see its smoking husk and know that it is indeed dead. Uh, oh, and that's when um, the, the quote I almost used at the beginning of this uh, is, so there's another older man there that I couldn't, I, I keep forgetting about that looked familiar that I think is just another character actor. But he comes up to um, comes up to Beastmaster at some point and says, "Your luck just turned to crud, Golden Boy," which I thought was a, a great line that almost made the opening. Um, but after Peterson electrocutes the dog, they cut to Osiris, I think, or or someone else. I was unclear if there was more than one main guy chasing them, but they go, "Peterson, he makes the game worth playing." <laughs> <laughs> which is great <laughs> um who would you guys say the main character of this is or are we to believe it's just an ensemble piece uh i think it's clearly peterson i well kind of peterson and, and the the lady and lucy yeah i yeah yeah because it as it unfolded like it starts with judy and like in her 
personal space. She's teaching her class at her home, yeah. and then she is yeah. brought to the island with with everyone else. Yeah, and, and like, she becomes like, oh, Judy is her. Yeah, Lucy becomes the pivotal person as well in the in the result. Is it Lucy or Lucy. is it Lucy or Judy? Lucy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why I wrote down Judy with a question mark <laughs> because I was unclear. <laughs> But then it it clearly does turn to Peterson as kind of the main the main thrust of this, which I thought it was weird to kind of introduce one character. But I mean, Lucy does play an, a, a huge role in this, but it it is clear that Peterson is kind of the main character, which was yeah, and which was strange. It, and the romance between <laughs> her and Peterson was strange Hot. it's unnecessary <laughs> electric <laughs> yeah, just yeah like, they kind of had that thing where two people in distress immediately fall in love with each other even though they're running from their lives and seeing dead bodies and <laughs> electrocuting animals and Kiss all of me. that <laughs> yeah. they do a lot of exposition when they should be just running away <laughs> Uh, Mark, do you have the ability to play any of the movie over there? Can you play um, sound I, or not? Uh, keep talking and I'll pull it up on. Uh, on because they keep going back and I was confused as to not who Osiris was, but I kept wondering if there was one more than one main antagonist because like some of the times it seemed like he was like, ha, yes, I'm Osiris. But then other times it didn't, and maybe I was just getting confused of like who was a lackey and who was really in charge. But I found that very confusing. Can you hear this? Yes. Okay. So go to about 4320 and it should be Osiris talking. And let's, let's listen to Osiris talk a little bit. I think he's trying to still obfuscate, obfuscate his voice a little bit so they don't quite know who it is and see if, if he just sounds familiar to anyone. Well, Peterson! Well, I'm gonna tell you! Forgive me. It starts with, the war scarred us both, Peterson. Yours are on the inside, mine are here. Tang, okay, so the straws, please. <laughs> does that sound familiar to anyone? It's kind of a deep cut, but... It does sound familiar. In a different part of the movie, I had written down that he's using his Christian Bale Batman voice. Yeah. Um, but this part, it does he's, sound familiar. He sounds exactly like Future Bill. Oh, no, 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 oh, man. Yes. Yes. I was going to say that. Yes. I, I, it just clicked for me, and I absolutely agree. Of, of what? Future a future bit from Back to the Future 2 oh, when Bip yes, goes yes, to yes, the future yes, yes. and becomes becomes uh -huh. Donald Trunk and he and starts yelling at Marty McFly. So play yeah, play a little <laughs> bit of that again and think of future Biff uh, confronting Marty. About it starts with, the war scarred us both, Peterson. Yours are on the inside, mine are here. Chang, yep. the straws, please. Yeah. Feel lucky, Lieutenant? <laughs> Good call. Oh, that made me really laugh. And that's what I wrote. They say Peterson like a million times. Like what? every other word is Peterson. 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 Well, Peterson. Peterson so I guess this will be a good time for me to bring up uh, the fact that I watched this movie with a uh, YouTube auto-generated captions on. Ah, uh, yes. And it, it um, several times uh, did not hear Peterson, but heard penis. 
And at one point, uh, one of the characters, I think, says, I, I, I love you, Peterson, or something like that. And it came up as the, sub- the caption of, I love your penis. <laughs> I love your penises. Oh, that is so funny. There is a, a there is a delight to the auto-generated uh closed captioning. I would say that I, it, overall it had about an 85% accuracy. Yeah. But man, that 15% was pretty good. It was a wild ride. I forget. I feel like I did that with last week's movie, and it was there was a lot of things cracking me up about um about oh yeah because it was the we sing christmas and <laughs> instead of instead of uh poofer it was or oh, something right. like that it was pooter or something like that um so yes i recommended to always turn on your auto-generated <laughs> captions um so that's that's what after that scene after osiris sounds like future biff that's when we get the doctor's flashback and the doctor tries but can't fix the facial um um burn of of this guy who wants it and that's when peterson was like wait what year was that where was it and so they figure out oh that must be um uh, moretti or moriarty or yeah, something like that was the soldier's name who was burning and they left behind and so that's when they're like oh he must have survived and he must be the same person in the flashback um and then I couldn't figure out, we, we talked about it at the beginning, but there is an older Asian man there. And I couldn't figure out what his role was. Did we get a flashback we got him? A, we got a flashback. He used to be the <laughs> owner of the Golden Buddha Club, which uh, probably had prostitutes and, and all the other things. I don't know how... like. So ultimately, the the bad guy plays. We'll just call him Yakuza because I think he was supposed to be the head of one of the Yakuza groups or yeah, something. Yeah, they said he was like head of the Yakuza. Um, okay. Osiris uh, played a card game with him and bet his life, basically, and said, um, You either need, you know, if I win, you either need to cut your head off or. Um, or give me everything that you possess. Right. right, I become head of the yakuza. I think. Right. He wanted, I think that's what but, he wanted. But how did the they yakuza. get to the point of playing the game? Like how how so, did those stakes come up? Uh, apparently, uh, Osiris knew that this guy was head of the yakuza, and so I guess he took it upon himself to to procure this really rare sword that he knew the guy would want. And that's why they played the game is because he said, if you win, you get the sword. If I win, I you okay. cut off your head or you give me everything. Oh, okay. okay. And I so- only saw it once. And- <laughs> and- <laughs> to be fair, the second time was on a 1.33 speed. So that's why I couldn't turn on the auto-generated captions. <laughs> and so I did the, the version I watched every once in a while, there'd be the VHS, the hi-fi little logo that came up, which is yeah. pretty great. Yeah, so he wins the game. Uh, Osiris wins the game, and uh, he he both won't cut off his head and he won't un you know give him his riches, and so uh, he plots revenge and uh, ultimately he cuts off uh, the heads of his henchmen and says, "Oh, I'm coming for you next," and like. 20 years later, he's 
on an <laughs> island? Is that, is that what? Well, what I couldn't figure out is like, as it's unfolding, like as the audience is getting to learn like, oh, this Osiris is the same person. Well, okay, well, okay, hold, hold on. So is, was the guy going back to the flashback of the car crash, the guy yes. that they framed, who they put yes. in the front seat and made it seem like he was the innocent kid. That's Osiris. Was that Moretti? So Moretti was his yes. little bo his little brother that died when he was three months old or something like that. And that which that died the died whose brother. Okay. So there was, the, was the good guy we'll call I think his name was Frank Osiris. So uh, the good guy. The good guy in the car crash who was framed yeah. and sent to prison. Now that he was a prisoner. Uh, a felon, he wanted to join the army, but they wouldn't let him in the army as a felon. So he had to come up with a new identity. The new uh, identity uh, was the name of his little brother, Moretti, that had died when he was like three years old. Oh, okay. And so, at, so part of the group was talking about Frank or whatever his, his first name yeah, was. Yeah, there's a... And then there's, there's Moretti was the second name of the same person. Okay. And they tied that together. Oh, what'd you call him? Moretti? Oh, well, well, that was his little brother who died when he was three years old. And I think uh, it was actually his nephew or cousin or, or something. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Okay. So good, good boy, Frankie, we'll call him when he was just an innocent, an innocent in the backseat of that car before everything went wrong. Frankie becomes Moretti yep. becomes Osiris. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh, okay. So Frankie goes to war, becomes Moretti, gets burned in the thing and blames Peterson. He tries to get his face fixed and can't, so he blames Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> and then he tries to win the Yakuza in a card game yep. and doesn't. So that's why he's mad at Yakuza guy. Yeah. Yep. So my question is like, that's a lot of work. And like, then he takes over the Yakuza. Like, where is Moretti getting all his money was and training? Yep. Wondering the same thing. Like he, he clearly owns his own like private Island and the, you know, this crazy estate. It's like a and... Batman begins situation where it's like, just, you just train in this in this thing that funds itself so we, we learn that this is not the first time he staged uh you know these games um like oh yeah two people die in the first uh like 30 seconds of the movie yeah well um, i told you guys not to look at this and that was kind of for that reason i told you guys not to do any research because like it just opens with this guy running past a stream in the forest and then getting an arrow in the back or getting shot or something like that yeah and um so in in the movie that we watched everybody had a personal connection and that's why they were chosen so are we to uh believe that all the people that came you keep the gun put it away Saito. Had, yeah. sorry. <laughs> also had some sort of uh you know weird personal connection or was everybody else just sort of like him practicing for this I, round that he'd been building up to? That is a great well, yeah, question. When you have that like, many enemies, maybe the problem <laughs> is within yourself. And Steve, 
because you took the parking spot that I was clearly waiting for at Fred Meyer. Yeah. And Bill cut in line at New Season. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Janice did not zipper merge correctly, and I had to slow down. <laughs> so then we get... Um, so the old guy is the admiral. Um, the guy that I quoted earlier saying, your luck has just turned to crud, golden boy. Um, we get a flashback for him. And he is some James Bond type something that lives in like this palatial estate and has this, he's like 65 years old and has like this 20 year old model wife. And then Osiris comes to him what what happens there because like he basically gives his wife to the enemy and is like what can you do guess she'll die yeah it, he, he calls her the insurance yeah you know you're policy. you're my you're my insurance right. policy and the promise that he made to osiris is i will show up tomorrow morning and if i don't show up then you have my lady uh and apparently it didn't show up um, but I don't, and he, and he knew, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know what happened. I missed that, uh, that buildup. I, I don't know. I think it was like an arms deal. Um, and it and... seemed like something shady, but then why, if Osiris got the insurance policy, he got to keep his, uh, the Admiral's wife, then why would he now be coming after the Admiral? You know what I, I mean? He, it's like he already got his wife. That yeah, was the deal. Because he really wanted whatever that deal was going to be for. And and then there was this masquerade of the girl. Oh, but, but before oh the girl. So one of the henchmen dresses up like the girl and has a tape recorder of her saying, "Come to me, I'm over here." And so she's holding the tape recorder and and duly tricks the guy into And we as the audience see her and see that it is in fact the same woman who was in this scene prior until uh, you the get flashback. Up close and then it's a henchman. You get a reveal, you see the bottom, you first see hands with a tape recorder in it and then it like <gasps> it pans up and it's like man in wig and it was wonderful. So I something just clicked for me. Um, okay. Did anyone go through the list of actors in this movie and their their credits and everything? Like everyone? Uh, a little bit. Not not everyone. Did you look uh did you see Joby uh Arias? Uh-uh. That sounds her that name sounds familiar. Who is she? Uh, Ramirez? Uh, he, uh, I guess, or oh. she, is a famous uh, drag actor. Um, oh, oh, he was in uh, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Yes. Oh. Um, and so I'm. Uh, that must be who. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What are they credited for in this movie? In, in this like, movie. Uh, what is Ramirez. Yes, credited as Ramirez, who was one of the henchmen. Huh. So they, well, they but they would... made no. So like when you when we first see the woman, the uh, the former wife or whatever, standing in the river, like it is a woman, and yes. it was that lady who played her in the other scene. Clearly, but when they do the reveal, it's not like they 
did anything more than literally just put a wig on a man. It's not like she was made up or like it was an elaborate hairdo. It was just like a black long wig. I, I okay, wow. I so still think it's that's him in drag. Yeah, out of their way to get a professional drag artist for that one scene. Well, I know it would make sense if the person was all done up to look like a woman and not just that's David Bowie. I know, but I think that's oh. him in the background. Maybe. Wow, he's Jody Arias is good. <laughs> oh, interesting. 1949 elvira mistress of the dark flawless because they they couldn't find another person who looked like a henchman willing to to put a wig on that is so cool well Mar yeah that is so crazy wow well uh, there you go um so then let's see we're still I was gonna say, I think the audience were as the audience were still unclear why the older Asian man is still there because he all of a sudden pulls a knife on one of the others. I forget who he pulls a knife on or threatens or something like that. Um, was it the old but, man? Yeah, I, think, I so. think it was. Yeah, I think it was the old man, the admiral. And that's that's when the, the Asian man says, who's the pimp now, admiral, which I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I understood what he's saying, but I didn't see how that tied into, I guess he pimped out his wife as the insurance policy. Was that what he was getting at? But I just thought that was a, a, a weird thing to go with. Um, but then the Chinese, the, the Asian guy is standing like on the top of a hill and then he gets stabbed by something, which was pretty surprising. Then things really start to, like right as I was starting, this is where I was writing, like this is mildly engaging, you know, every once in a while I look up and I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But I feel like from here on, it starts to ratchet things up because we, um, Beastmaster is still alive this whole time. He hasn't been killed. He's been shady and trying to cheat and trying to get the gun and like only out for himself and just show to be a real douchebag. And so he is walking with the group or whatever. And all of a sudden, like Ewok style, a giant log is dropped like from the sky and the log is covered in like super spikes. long spikes, like everywhere. And it just rams Beastmaster like in the, in the thighs and stomach. And it was a visceral feeling because like, it was a real prop with real spiky things that was dropped. And I was like, oh, that's terrible and great. I was kind of shocked at the level of gore for this yeah. to be a TV movie. Right. Because we saw the scenes where um, the, 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 uh, the henchmen were decapitated and they were holding their heads. <laughs> On the table. Yeah. Um, it was. I wonder if this is like a made for USA. It was. Type. It was a okay. USA world premiere movie. Okay, that makes more sense because I mean, technically, cable doesn't have to play by the same rules of any of it. But yeah. I'm sure that's why it was allowed to be a little bit. Because after after Beastmaster gets hit by that spiky log, he doesn't even die that way. They end up then setting him on fire. Yeah. Like Osiris comes in and just like pours because it like mirrors when he was Good Boy Frankie in the in being framed. Um, Beastmaster poured liquor all over him so that the cops would think, oh, clearly he's drunk or whatever. So now Osiris pours whiskey or whatever <coughs> all I was over having, Beastmaster and then sets him on fire. I was having a cabin fever flashbacks. Oh, yes. Totally. 
I still, man, that cabin fever when they, <laughs> that guy just beats her in the face with that shovel. It still may be one of the most shocking things I've ever seen <laughs> after setting that poor girl on fire. Um, let's see. Is that the so last one? <laughs> I, it's still, well, then we get, so we think the Asian guy, the Yakuza, we think he gets taken out by the stab wound because he's on top of the thing but doesn't he come does he come back or not um i don't i don't because the old guy gets shot by an arrow but i feel like he shows up again um yeah i i feel like i don't remember i feel so is it twice yeah well, he gets shot by the arrow until uh, the, the Asian guy stabs him because he's like, help me, help me. And he like gives him a hand and pulls him up and then he stabs him. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. And then the people that are left, what is there like two, three people left? Uh, I think I guess Roddy McDowell and the lady. And Peterson, and Peterson. Yeah. are still left. And they get to the top of a hill and up on the top of the hill is like a masquerade ball phantom of the opera costume on a dummy like this elaborate face mask with you know the whole the whole nine yards of mascara of masquerade and that's when i asked like where's osiris getting his money because like well this is expensive to do <laughs> and then we get we get the flashback that tells us why uh lucy is here because now we've seen everybody's flashback how they're involved with osiris kind of the shady thing that they did that brought them to the island and now we get judy or not judy lucy's flashback so mark why don't you tell us how yeah, so, why and how <clears throat> lucy is here so lucy was a professional dancer as part of a dance troupe that uh, did performances and they were doing a performance in new orleans and the producer of the show ditches the show and leaves the the dance troupe penniless. Uh, she is owed six weeks of wages, doesn't get paid, and so she's down on her luck, so she goes to a bar. In the bar, she's sitting at the bar, and a masqueraded person, uh, person <laughs> it, it kind of full face phantom of the opera with a wig yeah, and yeah. and uh all the outfit uh sees her at the bar and says well would you do me a favor well it depends on what the favor is creepy guy well i have this superstition oh oh really what's your st i must not die it's bad luck to dine alone and so points over at the table that has the dinner set up and they have dinner and then uh well i really would like to see what's behind your mask well that's the beauty of of the masquerade and and once Mardi a Gras. year everyone gets a new face <laughs> exactly exactly and so she has sex with him um and uh, with the mask on we get a with, nice little love scene with the mask on with the mask on with the makeup still on with the wig on and apparently nothing else <laughs> um and just and, a cape and nothing else just <laughs> go for it and uh and so this one little tryst uh roots in his psyche how deeply impassioned he is about young lucy 
And uh, this was seven years before, six or seven years before this event. And he has been obsessing about her ever since. And he prepared all of this for her and, uh, and wants to show his love for her and have her come to him, I guess. By, yeah, oh, this by is where telling, I'm confused. By yeah. telling you my story to show and ha- from the mouths of the, the people who are the foils in this story, you will understand to love me. And my suffering. My suffering. You will get to know me. And, uh, and this is when he goes like full Phantom of the Opera. He goes full Phantom. And... Um, did did this happen this happened the Roddy McDowell reveal happened right before this right yeah so it, and I think that's where I'm getting confused because we see Roddy McDowell get shot or something like that but then he's standing there and so they see Osiris get shot oh okay. Osiris yes. dies yes and they pull back the hood and he doesn't have scars on his face and everybody goes what how does this happen and then all of a sudden roddy mcdowell uh pulls off his mask his imp- his mission impossible level like it uh, he is wearing another man's head and He's like there it was <laughs> over crazy scars that like his ears are misshapen and <laughs> eyes and his lips are misshapen. Like there's a lip like off to the side and it's crazy level of burn victim face stuff. But over that, he's got a nice little, <laughs> a perfect Roddy a McDowell, perfect face. Roddy McDowell thing. Uh, and which he's been wearing uh, on the airplane. Right. Wasn't he, wasn't he part of that? Like, some like he's been there the entire time the entire time never uh yeah that's when that's when he gives his big speech of like i did this for you and now you will see you will love me because you will see my suffering and um then he makes uh lucy so it's lucy and peterson are the only ones left now and Lucy and Osiris says, "If Lucy, if you stay here on the island with me, I'll let Peterson go." And so she, of course, she says, "Well, yes, I have to." And so they lead Peterson down to this boat, and Peterson gets on the boat and starts to drive away. And she waves him goodbye, but crosses her fingers. Yeah, why does she do that? Um, I initially thought, oh, they, they've got a secret plan where he's going to like meet them around the bend and this isn't for real. But then I guess the boat just explodes because Osiris presses a button. So it's not like that was a, se- oh, that is weird. <laughs> Why did that happen? Did I miss that? Did she literally cross her fingers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they like, yeah. And maybe it's so that she's like, I know all JK, I do love you. I just have to make this uh, yeah. decision. Right. But that was already clear. So that, right. that is funny because I huh. thought that was foreshadowing. You're right. But then the boat just explodes because Osiris <laughs> presses the button. Um, then there's some wrestling back and forth with Lucy and Osiris. And then out of the, out of the forest, Peterson, who must have jumped off the boat, shoots a flare gun into Osiris, his eyeball. 
Yeah. Which is right awesome. Right in the eye hole. <laughs> which is wonderful. But that doesn't, or that does kill him, right? That kills him. Or did they, <laughs> did they extra kill him? Because I remember they showed him fall to the ground, but I can't remember if yeah, they that, like that kills shot him. him yeah, he died once before. And then she like, she hit him with a stick and he fell and, and, and stuff. And then she like turns her back and walks away from him slowly. And, and I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Shoot him or throw him down the water or something like, and if, sure I wish enough, she he, had blown up and, and instantly he pops up behind her. And of course, yeah. Uh, and then that's the end. We get a, another little glamour shot of the Oregon forest and, and river. And that's where our movie ends. So hoofda. There you go. Not big on the uh, locations. No, other than the water, that cool fr- uh, shot of the waterfront. And then just the, the one of the waterfalls, I guess, which you guys found. There's the yeah, it's just sort of interior. The, the script said interior forest. Like and that was it. I just want to know. Uh, we gotta find that house. Yeah, that would be nice. So I don't remember. Do we see like the out? Is it a real house or is it just a set? Do we just see the inside? It's it's a pretty elaborate outdoors of, oh, the, okay. of the house. Let me let me pull up the picture here. Hold on one second. That's... One of the owners owners of Microsoft lives there. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. It's gotta be real. Oh yeah, they do walk, and that's when they see the guy covered with tattoos, and they can't get over how crazy that is. It's in judgment of those passing from this world to the next. I looked it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's got a really neat little building right by the dock. It's got a huge statue. A huge statue of. Oh yeah, I guess they are on the grounds of something. So does that does this guy that we're seeing here ever come back? Is he anyone? Is that Osiris? No, that can't be Osiris. No, that's the Asian guy. Oh, he just looks extra young, I guess, with no shirt and covered with tattoos. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I didn't put it together that that was the same guy at all. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. dumb of me. Because that that was his assistant, the the big. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Interesting. So. All right. Well, do we recommend this is all free on YouTube. If you search for Deadly Game 1991, uh, you will find it. Oh, the lady that plays uh, uh, Lucy, Jenna Seagrove, she's British, which I thought was interesting because I never would have guessed that. Um, So, yeah. Would you guys recommend watching this? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was kind of fun. Yeah. If you just want... A it movie. Was... <laughs> if you want food, eat something. You know, like uh, if you want movie, this this is movie. <laughs> movie. It was just engaging enough that every time I was like getting a little bored of it, it did do something that I found pretty interesting. And... Well, they had to do something to keep your attention uh, through the commercial breaks. That's true. That's true. And like we said, it was surprisingly gory in a couple spots and that log covered with big spikes yeah there was they blew up that plane and a bunch of things so 
yeah, it was just interesting enough. It was fun to watch. There wasn't a ton of, of uh, very specific Portland things, but at the very beginning, there's that nice river shot. So yeah, check it out. You'll lose nothing. Watch it perhaps on 1.3 speed. It checks all the or, boxes. For it does. It really does. And that's, yeah, surprisingly adequate and just good yeah, enough. Just good enough. <laughs> Blandly engaging. So, all right. Well, is there anything coming up that you guys want to talk about? Um, I can announce that uh, supposedly the Rose Festival is coming back this year. Oh, okay. What when, when is that usually? Uh, late May. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, I was uh, uh, the Unipiper was out um, uh, at the press uh, event, uh, kicking off uh, announcing the return. Oh, of the Rose very Festival. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, do keep an eye out for that. Mark, anything with you? Anything exciting coming up? Nope. <laughs> um. Uh, either yeah that's it oh I, <laughs> are we still here yes so thank you for everyone for taking the time to join us thank you uh mark and brian for taking the time to join me to discuss uh deadly game 1991 put us one step closer to finishing russ fast's entire imdb <laughs> entry so uh, let us know if there's a particular movie you would like to see us review. And in the meantime, don't forget to listen to Fun Employment Radio. They do a show every day of the week. So be sure to subscribe to them. Um, in the meantime, I will take you out with whatever is over the credits of Deadly Game. Thank you.